the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Spirit of God, let your breath rest upon your word. Grant me grace to communicate the word of life with simplicity and with understanding. Thank you for the grace to receive and retain the word of God. Thank you much more for the grace to be doers of your word. We thank you and we bless you that everyone in this service, in person and online, experiences that life transformational power of your word. Be glorified as your word goes forth. In Jesus' precious name, amen. In the book of Psalm 126, verse 5 to 6, he said, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. James McKeon, the founder of the Church of Pentecost, he said the greatest weakness of the African is his inability to sacrifice. The greatest weakness. I hope that is not your weakness. People who go far in life go far because they understand the principle of sacrifice. Sacrifice is very, very critical if you must fulfill destiny and impart your generation. There is nobody who stands out in the corridors of greatness who has not understood the principle of sacrifice. Sacrifice is critical. Jesus came and laid down his life to set the stage for us. In this service, we want to focus on four priority areas to direct great sacrifices in 2022. Four priority areas. Because sometimes we make sacrifices, but we make it for the wrong reasons or for the wrong causes. There are people who lost their lives during the 2020 elections. And today, they have even regretted that they voted for a certain party. They make great sacrifices, but they are becoming disappointed. I want you to make sacrifices and make right sacrifices. So, I'm looking at four priority areas. Number one is for God, his kingdom, and the gospel. Somebody say for God, his kingdom, and the gospel. Say for God, his kingdom, and the gospel. Yeah, all of us will be called to make up sacrifices every now and then. And you must understand that no matter the kind of sacrifices you're making... You are called to make sacrifices for God, his kingdom, and the gospel. That's where it starts from. For God, his kingdom, and the gospel. Second Samuel 24, 24. But the king replied to Aruna, No, I insist on paying for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord. My God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Somebody say, I will not sacrifice to the Lord. So that's it. Sacrifices to God. 
I will not give anything to God. I will not sacrifice to the Lord that which cost me nothing. David was very mindful that what he was doing was given to the Lord. For God, his kingdom, and unfortunately, that is one of the areas Satan has succeeded in denying us the discipline to make. There are people who can make a lot of sacrifice if they have to earn more money. Make a lot of sacrifice. They can even sacrifice their own families for money. But they don't understand the place of sacrifice for the kingdom of God. There are wives who are ready to allow their husbands to go any length to do things so that things will be okay with them. But if their husbands are to take time off to serve God, they are not happy. Yeah. I have met ladies who will not marry pastors because they say pastors won't have time for them, but they want to marry soldiers who are ready to die at any time. When your value system, I keep on coming back to value system. When your value system, if I'm a woman, I'll marry a pastor 10 times. Again and again. If he dies, I'll marry another pastor. If he dies, I'll marry another pastor. I'll marry pastor. I'll look for pastor and marry. Yeah. Because that's the only work that heaven acknowledges. Are you with me here? Yeah. The Bible said, blessed are those who die in the Lord and their works follow them. And the works he's talking about there is not, uh, what do you call it, banking work or uh, soldier work. No, he's talking about kingdom-centered work. Work that brings changes and transformation to the lives of people for eternity. That's what the Bible talks about. Yeah. I remember I once dealt with a marriage issue where the lady said he was not married again. Say, Pastor, I'm tired. I'm not, if this is the part he has chosen, I am out of the marriage. When we marry, I didn't see him do anything for God. Now he says he's, he's going to serve God as a pastor. Not even a full-time pastor, lay pastor. I told the gentleman, listen, heaven will ask you. Yeah. God will not ask you about the marriage. He will ask you about why you abandoned his work for marriage. If you like, read the Bible. Jesus said, anybody who has left mother, father, wife, so there are people who live wife just to serve God. Yeah, it's, it's a blessing to be able to serve God with your family. But if your family becomes an impediment, serving God is superior to family satisfaction and joy. Do you hear me? Nobody will be rewarded for marriage. Then everyone who gets to heaven not married, God will have to answer to those people. Because our people who enter heaven not married. Our people have gone to heaven without children. How would they answer that? You have to understand and think scripturally. And this year, that is what you will be made to become. Amen? Yeah. Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. All these things shall be added unto you. Now, some of you, you find it even difficult because you are hypocrites and you are immature. You find it difficult to even receive ministry from people who have relationship challenges in their marriages. Men of God, if you are introducing a man of God and say he's a divorcee, some of you cannot receive from him because you think you are better than him. That's the hypocrisy and self-righteousness that has eaten you up. But some of the things that sometimes people go through and they are still serving God. If you were exposed to 1% of it, you may take your life away. Look at what the Bible says. Mark chapter 10 verse 28 to 30. Then Peter began to say, Peter began to say, Peter began to, if you're a woman here, you are married and you, you put inhibitions on your husband when it comes to his commitment to be warned. Be warned seriously. One day, this man, Kenneth E. Hagen, his wife was complaining bitterly to God, complaining and complaining, complaining every now and then that the husband is not available. He doesn't listen. And then God appeared to the woman and said, listen, (laughs) 
Which one do you want? The man fell sick, seriously. I was about to die. God asked him, which one do you want? Do you want him away or you want him alive and working for me? He says, keep him. Wherever he wants to go, let him go. I release him. You have to understand these principles. You see, purpose is what makes a relationship meaningful. Somebody say purpose. Purpose makes relationship meaningful. We don't just marry because we are married. We marry to fulfill divine purpose. Adam was busy working. God said, I will make him an help meet, not a hindrance. I will make him an help meet, not a hindrance. There are some people, they are doing well because what they married is a hindrance and they are still moving on. But may the Lord help you. I said, may the Lord help you. Now look at what the Bible says. He said, Peter began to say, see, we have left everything and followed you. Take note of that. We have left everything and followed you. There are some promises some people claim they never get. There are some promises some people don't expect they receive. They claim and claim and claim and claim they never get. I don't know how many times I'll have to tell you as a church, but there are many things, the valuable things in my life are things I could have never prayed for. I could have never prayed because I didn't even see value on them. I've heard people tell, oh, begin to pray for your children's marriage when they are very young. I say it's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Pray for your children's marriage when they are young. Pray for your children's marriage. And we make an idol of that. No. You can pray and pray and pray and say, go and marry devil. You can pray and pray and pray and say, marry devil. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. That build it. There are a lot of people who think that is their prayer that gave them what they have. You see? I like it when the Bible says, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. Give me your heart. When your heart is in sync with God, you don't ask for things. He brings them to you when you need them. He brings them to you when you need them. I was speaking to one of my daughters. She was just worried about something. I told her, listen, one, there are two things I need you to believe in. One, that God loves you unconditionally. That's the first thing I told her. You have to believe in it. Some of us know that God loves us, but we don't believe in it. You have to believe. The Bible says we have known and believe that the love that God has for us is eternal. You have to believe in that. I always believe that no matter the challenge I'm faced with, I will come up on top because I know God loves me unconditionally. I'm too confident of that. The reason why I can't fail in life is because God loves me and his love for me cannot fail. God loves you. You have to believe that strongly. He loves you and is concerned about you much more than you could ever be concerned about yourself. Super, super, super concerned. That's why he invites you to cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Christians who have come to understand the love of God, they live carefree. They live carefree. It's not like they live careless. They live carefree. Why? Because they know that there is one, a super being there, who is more concerned than they could ever be concerned. We have left all. Somebody say, we have left all. Now, the question this morning is that, what have you left? We claim to follow God, but we've not left much. We claim to follow God, but we have not left. The boyfriend you used to hang out with, you've not left him. Yeah. There are certain places you used to go, you have not left there, but you claim you are following. Following God demands living something. Somebody say, following God demands living something. No, 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 no. Following God demands living, living something. Living something. Living something. 
Our relationships don't work because we are not willing to leave things. We hold on to things which we must allow to go. Following God demands leaving something. Right from uh, the book of Genesis, we are told that for any relationship to work, somebody must leave something. And he says, we have left everything and we have come to follow you. Now look at what the Bible says. Verse 29. Jesus said, truly. Somebody say truly. Uh Jesus speaking doesn't need to add truly because he's the truth. You know, I'm telling you the truth. Most of the time, when somebody tells you, I'm telling you the truth, you have to be even be more careful. Yeah. Because they use that to uh, <laughs> settle your heart so that <laughs> what a shock will follow later. <laughs> but Jesus said, I said to you, there is no one. Somebody said, there's no one. Now, look at the magnitude of sacrifices. There is no one who has left house, brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or lands for my sake and for the gospel. For my sake and the gospel. There is what we live for God's sake, and there is what we live for the gospel's sake. There is what we live for God's sake, and there is what we live for the gospel's sake. Sacrifices for the gospel. Sacrifices. Your tithes and offerings are great, but I'm telling you, Air Force partners have different rewards from God that nobody else can be particular of. Am I communicating here? It's for the gospel's sake. For the gospel's sake. The book of uh, Ephesians, he was talking and he talks about, he says, let him that stole steal no more, but let him labor with his hands that he may have to give to him that needed. That needed. Give to those that needed. Give to those that need it. There are certain necessities of the gospel people must give generously for. And one of them is the gospel. Somebody say the gospel. Somebody say the gospel. Oh, I like it. When the Bible says in the book of Revelations, it says in Revelations 14, 13, he said, Then I heard the voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are those who die in the Lord. Somebody say die in the Lord. From now on, yes, says the Spirit of the Lord, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Somebody say their works follow them. Say their works follow them. Say their works follow them. All right, so if you can sacrifice for your life, learn to sacrifice for kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. kingdom. Say kingdom. kingdom. There was a man who just thought of building a house for God. And God built him an eternal dynasty. He just thought, God said, don't do it. Because this thought was in your heart, your generation, you and your children are generationally blessed. They are covered. There is no prayer you can pray for that kind of thing. There's no prayer. There's no prayer. David never prayed that his generation would become blessed. He just walked with God and his generation was blessed. Look at the mess Solomon created. One man married 700 wives and so had a very close work with God. That is what happens when you walk in generational blessings. Your own mistakes, no matter how many mistakes you make, they cannot overcome or uh, overrule the, the sacrifices that have gone ahead. It's like somebody who is super, super, super rich. No matter how much you steal from him, like Jesus, no matter how Judas stole, he didn't feel it. He didn't feel it, anything. He stole and stole and stole. He didn't feel it. 
Because he was loaded. May that be your destiny. Somebody shout an amen. amen. Number two is your personal dream, vision, and goals for 2022. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. But where there is a vision, but there is not a willingness to sacrifice, the vision will also perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And where there is a vision, but there is a lack of willingness to sacrifice, that vision will also perish. Visions can only become reality. Goals can only be attained. You are dreaming of excelling or coming on top in your class. You have to be determined that you will set up longer than the average person does. Can I sell? Can I sell and move forward like that? You have to sit up. Sit up longer than the average person. Apostle Paul said, I labored more abundantly than they yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. That's number three. Number four for your family. Somebody say, my family. The Bible says, and I have just given it in that order. He said, Ephesians, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Somebody say, gave himself for it. Now, I believe that if this word is understood properly, sacrifice, a lot of people, when they are thinking about marriage, they are not thinking about sacrifice. But if you begin to think about marriage, think about sacrifice. In fact, one of the most important preparations for marriage is the ability to sacrifice. If you don't cultivate or develop in you the ability to sacrifice, I can almost tell 99% of the time your marriage will not work. Your marriage will not work. You have to learn to sacrifice again and again, again and again. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. From both ends. Husband must sacrifice, wife must sacrifice. Sacrifice. Any marriage that is working, I can tell you that the secret is that the couple involved, they are willing to sacrifice. All the family life counselors, when you meet the people, but so look at me, you're part of them. When you are doing your counseling, the issues you deal with, Edda, is it not a matter of somebody not willing to sacrifice? Either their position, their pride, or they think they are right. On their, that, that is all. There is no nothing. Every one of them, the bottom line is sacrifice. Sacrifice. Please take your seat. Sacrifice. We will build stronger relationships when we learn to sacrifice. We will have harmonious homes when we learn to sacrifice. Sacrifice is very, very critical. There is somebody whose action is bringing him joy but is bringing hurt and pain to the spouse and he does not simply care. He doesn't simply care. He doesn't care about how the spouse feels. His words hurt the spouse. He doesn't care. He can't be bothered. You see, you are not sensitive to another person. And, and, and you see, that's why we talk about making sure that you are hooked up to someone who loves God and loves him for real. Somebody say loves God. And loves him for real. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Love God and love God for real. Yeah. Because real sacrifice is doing what you don't like because God likes it. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't like You don't feel like doing it. But <laughs> that's what it means. Real sacrifice is doing what you don't like. But you are doing it because God likes it. 
God likes it. God likes it. For instance, the Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And God wants you to be seen as his child every day, every moment. Not only when you are in church. Blessed are the peacemakers. So maybe your husband has done something and he's supposed to say sorry, he's not said it. If you really understand the principle, you are not waiting for sorry. You see, real sacrifice is doing what you don't like just because God likes it. What does God like in this matter? Blessed are the peacemakers. So you take the responsibility to become a peacemaker. So rather than wait to be begged, you go and beg. Do you like that? You see, you don't like it. You don't like it. Why? Because it's an insult to your pride. What, what do you take me for? Pastor, I didn't know what kind of pay. You see, that's, you see, the real test of Christianity is what we are willing to lay down for Christ's sake. That's where a Christian is. A Christian is not the one who is getting all he wants. Though it's, it's becoming part of the gospel now. Yeah, the gospel that we are preaching now is the gospel that gives you all you want. No. The Christian is the one who is bringing glory to God all the time, whether it's convenient to him or not. That's a Christian. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. He said, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the Christian really does not have a life of his own, but the life of Christ, he's living it out. You don't have a life of your own. My life is not my own. To you I belong. Oh, one day, when we meet God, sometimes I think that if we don't take care, we'll be last for some of the songs that we'll sing. I'm telling you. My life is not my own. Then you take it and do whatever you want with it. I give myself, I give myself away. He says, really? When you needed to give your pride away, you are struggling. When you needed to give your pride away. For one week, you are not talking to your husband. Pastors have intervened. Counselors have intervened and still the same. Then you say you are a Christian. I don't have a good term to describe you, but as for Christian, I know you are not. Because that's not how Christians live. That's not how Christians live. That's not how Christians live. If you can successfully harbor a grudge against somebody and be a loggerhead with another person, you are not a Christian. No. no, Christians struggle to live in peace with people. They don't struggle to keep people at bay and create confusion with people. You are, you are really making it very difficult for your wife to relate with you. Why? And when you bring it, you bring it to church also. Come to the ashes and you make it difficult for people to relate with you. Any Christian that is not peaceable person is not a correct one. The Bible says in Romans chapter 16 verse 17, it says, among those who cause division among you and watch out for them, avoid them. For they do not serve God. They, they do not serve Christ. But they serve their own selves. Praise the Lord. They serve themselves. That's what the Bible is saying. As much as a light in you, is it not in Romans I think Romans, he said, as much as a light in Romans 12, 18. Let's look at that. As much as a light in you. 12, 18, please. 12, 18 and 19. If it is possible. Somebody say, if it is possible. As much as a light in you. Live what? Live what? With what? All men. 
all men. Live peaceably with all men. All men. All men. And for you, everybody that makes contact with you, <laughs> you leave them in peace. It's not in peace. So number three, number four is for others. Somebody say for others. Yeah. Greater love and no man than a man will lay down his life for his friends. Greater love, greater love, greater love, greater love. Now, let's look at two reasons why sacrifice is critical. Number one is because the foundation for Christianity. Somebody say foundation for Christianity. Do you know that the foundation for Christianity is sacrifice? Do you know? You see, a lot of people want to build a different building on the foundation that Christ has set. <laughs> he laid a foundation of sacrifice, but we want to build a superstructure of selfishness. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> what he got for us as in true sacrifice, we want to maintain it. Without sacrifice. It doesn't work like that. He says, whosoever will love his life will lose it. Did you see that in the scripture? Yeah. He did not come loving his life. If he loved his life, when he was in Gethsemane, you will not be here. If the early church loved their lives, we will not be here. And if we continue to go the way we are going, very soon, I'm not sure. In fact, if you look at the seven churches and the things some of them went through and survived, if those persecutions come to us now, we may not be able to make it. Because we are too self-inclined. We are too self-loving, self-absorbed, and selfish in our approach towards the things of the kingdom. Look at that. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 and 12. He said, for no other. Somebody say no other. No. Say no other. So don't try it because it won't work. No other foundation can any man lay that than that which is laid, that which is Jesus Christ. So no other foundation. You can be a Christian. Jesus actually, in the Gospels, when he was calling people to follow him, the first thing he said, if any man will come after me, then he lays, let him what? Deny himself. That was what people like Apostle Paul and the, uh, the, the apostles later understood. Jesus preached self-denial. Paul did not preach self-denial. Paul didn't preach. Jesus started because that's where he started from. He preached self-denial. Jesus said, let him deny himself and take his cross and follow me. That's what Jesus preached. But when Paul was preaching, he preached self-crucifixion, not self-denial. Self-crucifixion so that the self no longer exists but Christ that lives. When you meet a genuine Christian, who you have met is Christ. Somebody say Christ. Christ. Yeah, you met, you met Christ. A genuine Christian is not full of himself. There are three faces. Somebody described it many years ago. You meet one who is all of himself and none of God. Then there are those who are half of themselves and half of God. And there are those who are all of God and none of self. That's a Christian. That's a Christian. A Christian is all of Christ and none of... So whatever he is doing, the principle that undergirds what he is doing is how will it affect Christ? So in the book of 1 Corinthians, he was talking about the fact that if your food you eat causes one of these little ones to stumble for Christ's sake, avoid it. 
That's what a Christian does. A Christian doesn't live to please himself. Let me tell you today. Listen, 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 listen. A Christian is not the one who is all happy by himself because he's making choices that feeds himself. A Christian is the one who at the greatest uh, pain of his life he is absorbed with bringing glory to God. The Bible said, in all things whatsoever you do, let it bring glory to God. That's what the Bible says. I like the way you are quiet. Yeah. Jesus did not present us cheap Christianity. Somebody say cheap Christianity. Yeah. I, I, I for one, don't like anything that is cheap. Yeah. And I like to pay value for things. The grace that saved you was not cheap, so you can live a cheap life. The grace that saved you was not cheap. You cannot live a cheap life. Look at this. Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock. Now, take note. Unto all the flock. Somebody say, unto all the flock. Over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers. To feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. His own blood. You are here today because his blood was shed. And you don't want to share your money. It's just your money. It's not your blood. Now, I, I wonder how many Christians can really die if they bring us to the stakes and they say, die! No, 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 no. In between money and God, you are choosing money. Between your life and God, you will choose your life. 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 Look at the early church. So I'm telling you that sacrifice the foundation of Christianity. Somebody say the foundation for Christianity. Say the foundation for Christianity. Of all the various religions, none of them had this kind of sacrifice going. There is none of them where the leader laid down his life for the others. No. It's only in Christ. Revelations 12, 11. <laughs> he says, and they overcame him by the blood of a lamb. And I like this because we always want to overcome. Praise the Lord. And you will overcome. Amen. Say, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. Oh, sometimes when I say these things, people don't even say what the things I want them to say. Say, I'm an overcomer. I'm an yeah, because you are an overcomer. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the way out. And this is the victory. Now listen, let me show you how the early church overcame. They overcame because they loved not their lives unto death. That's why they overcame. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, and by the way, and they love. You see that now? Usually we don't preach that one. They love not their lives, even unto death. They love not their lives. Oh, they love not their lives. They love not their lives. They love. How much of your life do you love? When you are growing in Christ, one of the things that you will see that we are gradually growing into. It's your love. Things really begin to lose value to you. They love not their lives even unto that. They love not their lives even unto that. That's why when Peter was ready to die, they said, we are going to crucify. He said, no, 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 no. You can't crucify me the way Jesus was crucified. A servant is not above his master. If they killed him with his head up down, uh, uh, this way, I have to be crucified with my head down. And that's how history tells us Peter was crucified. They love not their lives unto death. Those are not Christians who will stay away from church because of COVID. No, 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 no. People are using guns on them and they are facing them. You something that you, you inhale? <laughs> no, 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 no. They love not their lives unto death. Number two, 
Sacrifice is a fundamental requirement for greatness in life. If you want to be great in life, learn sacrifice. It is foundational for greatness. Foundational for greatness. Jesus said, except a cord of wheat fall to the ground. And die, it abides alone. But when it dies, it brings forth a much fruit. Muhammad Ali is known to be the greatest heavyweight boxer of all time. That's what he said. He said, I hated every minute of training. But I said, don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. That is how people who sacrifice, they, they look at life. He said, I hated. Somebody say, I hated. He said, I hated every minute of training. When Muhammad Ali stands in the boxing ring and then he's declared a champion, everybody's excited for him. But you never knew that for every night he had to wake up at dawn for training, he was not happy. He was not happy. I hated every moment, every minute of training. But I said, don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. How many of us want to live the rest of our life as a champion? Oh. You want to live the rest of your life as a rich man? Lift up your hand. <laughs> oh. Can I tell you something? Learn to suffer now. Learn to what? Learn to suffer now. Learn to suffer now. Learn to suffer now. We have a generation of young people who don't understand suffering. I will teach on suffering this year. I will teach on suffering this year. Because if you don't understand suffering, you can't even enjoy glory. Yeah. They don't want to suffer for anything. Yeah. When they sit in now, then it moves. <laughs> yeah, that's the generation we live in. That's, what the, that, that's the generation we live in. That's the generation we live in. So you marry a wife and she wants everything available. Now listen, yes, you can have everything available. But when you have everything available today, tomorrow there may be nothing for you and your children. Praise the Lord. There may be nothing for you and your children. There may be nothing for you and your children. Suffer now. Suffer now. Learn to suffer now. Learn to suffer now. You see, when you are 70 and you are walking... It is very difficult than when you are walking under scorching sun at uh, 30. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. But the generation we live in, it's like their mantra is that, let me enjoy and even if I die tomorrow, it doesn't matter. But you won't die tomorrow. <laughs> no, let, let me tell you, you are not dying tomorrow. You will not die tomorrow. I prophesy to you, you live very long. <laughs> you won't die tomorrow. And if you are going to be living tomorrow, the way tomorrow will punish you. <laughs> Look at Acts chapter 5, verse 30 to 31. But the God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him. After you did what? After you did what? By hanging him on the cross. He killed him by hanging him on the cross. Now look at verse number 31. By hanging him on the cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand. Now, do you see how it goes? One, they killed him by hanging him on the cross. Then God 
then God. It, it, doesn't, it's not, it doesn't start like that. A lot of people want to eat their future today and still have the future tomorrow. That's madness, really. They want every nice thing today and they will still want to have every nice thing tomorrow. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Praise the Lord. Yeah, life is in faces. Men are in sizes. You must know the face of life you are in. You see, at every time you will meet people at different faces in life, there are people who are at a certain reaping phase of their lives. If somebody is at the reaping phase of his life and you are at the sowing phase of your life and you want to compare your life, that's why comparison is the business of foolish people. Foolish people. I see the car that uh, my friend has bought. I must buy the same car. Well, you buy it. You see, Obeye is Obedeji. They say something like that. Obedeji. Understand the face of life you are in. See, myself and my wife, we've been through various financial phases of our lives. But we have never lived under financial stress. Never. We've never borrowed to. No, no, no. Because whatever budget she brings, I tell her this one is not for today. This one. No, this woman is strong. But I'm stronger. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Yeah. Till tomorrow, there are things that we want to do. I say tomorrow. 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 Till tomorrow. Till tomorrow. That's I say tell her tomorrow. Because listen, when you are living your life and everything is today, 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 you don't have a future. You don't have a future. And young people must understand that. You don't have a future. 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 Now, do you see that every year when they increase your salary, you still uh, come back to the same place? When they increase your salary, it's like things are going to be fine. No, 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 no. If you don't learn to discipline yourself, even though they give you a billion dollars, it will still not be enough. It will still not be enough. Because you must always know what is for tomorrow. What is for what? What is for tomorrow? What is for tomorrow? I lived with my grandma for a very long time. All my siblings, I'm the one who lived with her the most, yeah. I lived with her. And I learned a lot from her. From some of the problems she used to say and all of those things. Adidida, yesin, adidibrakon. <laughs> Today, no, 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 no. Let us eat and be merry for tomorrow we die. That, that's a philosophy. That's a philosophy. Now listen, I'm not the type that will tell you, oh, no enjoyment. I tell you that sometimes just go to Golden Tulip and find something to eat. I'm not the one who teaches you that. But if you are going there more frequently, I beg for you, I fear for your future. Yeah. I encourage you to go there once in a while so that uh, you also don't develop one way of living. Yeah, because I've met people who have what it is and can drive a certain kind of car, pay for it for free, and they are still driving rickety. If you go to our investors, you see a lot of them there. I can't simply understand that. <laughs> yeah. They are on strike for how many months? Uh, about 40 days plus, they've gone on strike. And if you see some of the cars, some of them drive, it only shows that they are not thinking straight. Yeah, no, 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 no. Because these are people who can afford at a certain stage, at a certain stage of your life, I mean. 
But you see, when you have, you have lived a hard, hard, hard life all through, even when you need to chill, you don't know how to enjoy. <laughs> oh, I tell you, there are people like that. There are people like that. I mean, I, I was with a certain gentleman, I think a couple of weeks ago, and he was buying food. And look at him, he's doing so well, buying food. How much was the food? I mean, buying food. <laughs> really? How much was the food? And he was so concerned. <laughs> when they served him the food and finished, he finished eating. And they told him the bill. He said, hey! <laughs> is that how much it is? Then I told him, listen, what you ate is more healthy. Then he said, no, sailor, I can't afford to listen. Then I kept quiet. Because I saw a man who can die and leave money. He may die and leave his account full. No, I'm not that type. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I use the money for the purpose it, it deserves to be used for. But after that phase, if I have to eat, listen. No, 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 no. <laughs> Wine is for laughter. The feast is made by money and red all things. Eat. Yeah. But you must know how to eat. Atuli. And then come back home and continue your yokogari. Do you understand what I'm saying? Rather than go to Tulip and say, hey, Mikunu, I didn't know sweet things day like this. We must go there every day. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. So if you are, you know you are married to that kind of woman, don't carry her to Tulip. <laughs> now, look at this. I think I, I like Isaiah chapter 53, verse 11 to 12. He says, he shall see the travail of his soul. And shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify money. For he shall bear their iniquities. Verse 12. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. Okay. He shall devour the spoil with the strong. Because he had poured out. Now take note. He had poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many. And made intercession for transgressors. Did you see that? He said he shall divide him a portion with who? The great. He shall divide him a portion with the great. And he says he would divide the spoil with the strong because he had poured out his soul. He knew how to sacrifice. Listen, you want to experience great finances, learn to sacrifice money. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Do you know why some people can save they can't sacrifice. Their appetites are just too hard. Everything they must eat on. And they think that those who are saving, they are more than enough to save. Now, benefits of sacrifice. Number one, sacrifice speaks. Somebody say he speaks. Oh, sacrifice speaks. Sacrifice speaks. The first place sacrifice spoke was in the book of Genesis. Sacrifice speaks. The Bible said, the blood of your brother Abel is crying out unto me. Sacrifice speaks. He speaks, and in the book of Hebrews, we are told, he says, but we are come to Mount Zion, to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than the blood of Abel. Somebody say, sacrifice speaks. Sacrifice. Yeah, sacrifice speaks. He speaks. He speaks. Abel's blood, or his sacrifice was speaking vengeance, but Jesus' blood speaks forgiveness. It speaks love. It speaks acceptance. It speaks peace. Yeah, the Bible said, in whom we are redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. 
Sacrifice speaks. The reason why you should not allow Satan to keep you in bondage because of one sin you committed is because the blood of Christ is speaking forgiveness on your behalf. Speaking forgiveness 24-7. Even before you sin, the blood is speaking. Satan says, I condemn him. The blood says, no. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The blood speaks. It speaks. It speaks healing. You cannot accept sickness as your faith because the blood speaks. The blood speaks. Sacrifice speaks. Our salvation became a reality through the speaking of the blood. Number two, sacrifice saves. It saves. Do you know what is going on in Ukraine now can easily be stopped? Do you know? Yeah. There are some tough sacrifices that nations must make in order to stop. But everybody is uh, caring about his economy. Everybody is thinking about his economy. Protecting their economy. <laughs> but we pray that the courage and the boldness to act will be released into the leaders fast before things get out of hands. Yeah. Yeah. They call something the mother of sanctions. Nuclear addition of sanction or whatever. But everybody is cautious about it because they are afraid if they put it on Putin, it will affect them also. So for our own sake, let's protect ourselves. But you see, when the thing goes beyond Ukraine, it will be too late for anybody to hold on to anything. Sacrifice saves. Lives can be saved. Lives can be secured when sacrifices are made. In the book of John chapter 3 verse 4, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, the reason why we have whosoever is because he gave his only begotten son. He gave. In the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 8, but God demonstrated his own love toward us that while we are here sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. Christ died for us. I like 1 Timothy 2, verse 5 to 6. But there is one God and there is one mediator between God and a human, Christ Jesus. He sacrificed himself for all people to free them from their sins. Sacrifice saves. Somebody say sacrifice saves. Sacrifice. Say sacrifice saves. Sacrifice. I like this one. Number three, sacrifice separates. Somebody say separates. Yeah, sacrifice separates people. If you meet a poor person and a rich person, sacrifices have separated them. Somebody says sacrifices. Yeah. You meet someone who is fighting with this landlord and somebody who has put up his uh, two-bedroom, sacrifice have separated them. Sacrifice has separated them. Sacrifice separates. Now, I saw a scripture that really, 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 really shocked me. <laughs> Now look at Genesis 25. Genesis 25 verse 22. Genesis 25 verse 22. Genesis 25. But the children struggled together within her and she said, if all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. Now let's look at that. Verse 23. Look at this. We are talking about Rebecca. Rebecca is pregnant, expecting twins and then the children begin to fight. And so she goes to God and says, Lord, what's really going on? Then the Bible said, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Somebody say two nations. two nations. Then he says, two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. 
and the older shall serve the the older shall serve the the older shall serve the now let's look at it again he said two people shall be what separated from your womb the older shall serve the and he says the older shall serve the younger one shall be stronger one shall be strong. If you meet any two groups of people, one strong, the other weak, don't think about anything. Think about sacrifice. Just think about sacrifice. Because see, this was a prophetic word that went forth. But the means through which this word became a reality was sacrifice. Let's look at it. 31 to 34. But Jacob said, <laughs> so you see, your ability to sacrifice can either help you to fulfill prophecy or abort your prophecy. Look at this. He said, Jacob said, let's start from verse 29. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Where people end in life, eh? most of the time we want to blame it. I think it's lazy people who like to blame people where people end in life on God. Where people end in life most of the time are largely product of our choices. Now, Jacob cooked a stew. Somebody say a stew. And Esau came home from the field and he was weary. All right, now look at this. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with the same rescue. Someone say the same rescue. He said, I'll look for another stew. <laughs> you see, where people's problems usually come is when they want to eat the same thing other people have eaten. You have been in the bush all day, somebody has been in the house all day, and he has prepared his stew. When he came, you are hungry, but find something else to eat other than what they are eating. Because there's a price for what people are eating. There's a price. There's a price. Somebody is in a Mercedes today. You see it. I must get Mercedes. His own was gifted to him by his father. You, even university education, you have to struggle with students' loan. And you are comparing. A surprise. You see, most of the time, people don't find out how people came by the things they have. And so they covet it foolishly. Wise people really don't covet things. They ask how things came into existence. He said, feed me with the same rest too, for I am weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. Now, look at Esau. Now, look at this. But Jacob said, very strategic man, sell me your birthrights as of this day. You want my stew? There's something you also have, I want. They call it birthright. Give it to me. Look at this. Give me your birthright. Then Esau, look at his foolishness. Esau said, look, I am about to die. I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? That's why I told you earlier, you are not about to die. Yeah, you are not about to die. <laughs> he said, I'm about to die. Later on, the Bible said, he wept. But it was too late. Later on, when he realized he was not dying, but the birthright was not recoverable, it was too late. I'm about to die. When you think you're about to die, there are some things you will not do. I'm about to die. I won't save. I'm about to die. There are many things people think about not doing. I'm about to die. Yesterday, I was telling somebody that I think that if you have to live a wise life, you have to think about death. Eh? How many of you think about death? You have to think about death. When you think about death, you will live this your life away. Africans, I think that we don't like to think about death. Elsewhere, some people can sit down and prepare their families before they go. Here, 
Even if you are a child and you tell daddy, when will you do your will? You want to kill me? <laughs> you want to kill me? No, he doesn't want to kill you. Something will kill you. <laughs> so whether you like it or not, you will go. So why not prepare well before you go? Are you with me here? He said, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Oh, verse 33. He says, then you swear to me of this day. So he swore to him and sold the birthright to Jacob. Verse 34. Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. So he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised the birthright. He despised it. That's how he got separated. You see, the Bible has said the two, they shall be separated. What was the cause of their separation? One was not ready to endure hunger for a moment to secure a better tomorrow. You see, Esau had the birthright. Now, listen. The birthright means that, one, he was entitled to double portion. Every time there was food served, he was entitled to double portion. Again, if the father died, he was the right to the throne of his father. So, that gave him access to the blessing. How many of us read and heard some pastors say that Jacob stole Esau's blessing? Eh? You've heard some pastors preach that. That is not correct. He didn't steal it. He, he bought it. He gave him stew for his listen. Yeah. He signed. There are people who sometimes eat their future and they are looking for it again. Sacrifice. Listen. Those of you who are married. Whatever your husband does not have today, if you learn to sacrifice today with him, he can get it for you tomorrow. He can get it for you tomorrow. But if you keep on comparing him and putting pressure, he may die and leave you and your children. Or if he can't contain the pressure, he may just abandon you and live his life. Because there's a lot of pressure on young men today too much. I don't know why. I don't know why. The ladies now, they want everything too much now, now, now. I know ladies like comfort, but listen. Comfort also usually comes after some effort. That is why wives that marry people who are loaded usually are not really esteemed and respected for the people. They don't respect them because he knows that you came for my money. Is it not my money you came? It's my money. So they don't have regard. But when you are able to build and raise a future with your spouse, you, you yourself, you feel that you have a stake in what I'm talking about. Am I communicating here? Help your husband to secure a future for you and your children rather than just uh, go all out for the, the things you need now. I tell people, you are going to marry. It's a one-day event. You want the man to use uh, uh, 50000 for the wedding. You are a foolish woman. If you are my, my, the guy is my brother, I will tell him you are not correct. You should not marry. Uh, if, if, you don't, if you don't buy this, you will not marry. Let's not marry. If this is how you are starting the thing, pressure will kill you. That women, they, are, they have their dreams of how the kind of wedding they want. Listen, the kind of wedding you should want is the kind of wedding your, your husband can afford. That is the kind of wedding you should want. Or the kind of wedding your salary can make up for. So if you can afford, okay, if you can afford, even that one, as a wise man, don't uh, encourage that waste. Because a good man lays an inheritance for his children's children. You see, your wife may have more money than you, but you must have more wisdom than her to guide and handle the money well. Because tomorrow, if there is hunger, you are the one who will be responsible. Ladies in this house, humble yourselves. Humble what? Yes. Nobody will ask you how huge was your wedding. They will ask you, how good is your marriage? How is it working? I 
have sat in counseling of people who are heavily indebted after marriage. Hippic, after marriage. No, 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 no. Now, listen, if marrying you makes you a liability from day one, why will I? Yeah, if I have to borrow to marry you, I have to borrow to sustain you, I will not marry you. Go your way. I will not marry you. I will not marry you. Listen, you must learn to live your life to please God and make yourself comfortable. Listen, the future is always for people who can let go of the present for the future. Yeah, yeah. the future, the future. I've told you, you will live long. <laughs> and you must live long. I have said, the Bible said, Abraham was old, well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed him with all things. I said that if you live old and be a burden, die before your time. Have you heard that? Yeah, I said it here. If you live old and be a burden, oh, can you send me some momo? No, 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 no. Not at 65, not at 80, not at 100. No, no, no. If I will be sending Momo like that, be asking for Momo like that. Oh, Jesus, come early. Take me home early. The Bible says something in the book of Lamentations. I mean, it's not for everybody, for most of you who are young here. He said, it is good that a man will bear his yoke in his youth. It is good. Somebody say, it is good. I think Lamentations uh, chapter 3 verse 27 or so. It is good that a man will bear the yoke in his what? In his youth. In his youth. In his youth. In his youth. It is good for a man to bear his yoke in his way. In his way. In his way. Yeah. Bear your yoke now. Bear your yoke now. God has a glorious future for you. You must also see that glorious future and then know what to do to make that future a reality. I have seen that most of the time, it's not that we don't have an idea of the future we want. We do. Most of the time, the average person has. But we are not willing to do what we must do in order to make that future a reality. Or you meet people who are excited about a particular future that some people have gotten, and they want that kind of future. But if you tell them the process, they are not ready for the process. They want the product, but not the process. They want the product. Product is a nice marriage. But they can't endure insults. They can't forgive. They can't let go of their pride. Product is a nice atmosphere. <laughs> but they are not willing to let go of some things. I pray that this future actually meant to teach for a very short time. But that is where I have gotten to. I hope somebody has been blessed. I hope somebody has been blessed. I just hope that you will work with it. Amen? You will not destroy your future. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. 
Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube page. God richly bless you. Oh, no.